What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode. It's definitely episode six, is it? Or five? Five. Episode five of Batted and Chatted. So five of Batted and Chatted. There you go. Look at that. Five episodes already. Flying by, man. It's immaculate. It's flying by. Yeah. And uh, obviously, y'all know my name is Brandon Natale. I'm with my good buddies, Dennis Tui and Nicholas A. File. As you see, they're all Yankee fans, and I am the lone, the lone Mets fan. Gotta support the team. Yeah. Not sure yeah. if any, any Seinfeld yeah. fans. <laughs> right with Putty. Gotta support the team. <laughs> I actually I'm have. A Devil, I'm a Devils fan. I always found that hilarious. <laughs> actually, it's actually, it's a funny show. I don't know. I was watching some of that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm, I remember that episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's I remember great. that episode. I've uh, I've watched some of Seinfeld a little bit. It's actually kind of funny. I don't know. Yeah, that's great. I was rewatching it for a little bit, and then I forget why. I did that a lot. For me personally, it like Seinfeld's a great show, and we were all, but like, it's hard to come back to it after watching Curb. Your enthusiasm, it's like Curb is just like love Seinfeld. Curb is just like so much better. It's so much better. It's just so So much more unfiltered. So much better. I'll be getting into Modern Family again. I was watching it like Modern all day. Modern Family is pretty good. My uh, girlfriend's Modern Family is pretty good, yeah. It, and, uh, it's a good show. <laughs> I can't get enough of it today. All right, all right. We're supposed to be talking about baseball. This is Entertainment Weekly here, you know? This is IMB. This is IMB or AMC. This is Entertainment Today. This is Bad in the Chat on Eastern Observer. That's good, though. See how we do that, though? We have something that's like out of topic, and then we roll into, you know? That's how it used to be. Like I said, yeah, you got to break the ice. That's exactly. a line that I've been using lately. Really? Great yeah. minds think alike, buddy. There we go. All right. As the Mets are David Robinson. Let's see. I'm not I'm not trying to channel my inner Fra- Frank the Tank, but um I might He's have been going to go. Nuts nuts on Twitter lately, man. Rightfully so. But I mean this guy's Twitter is just comedy, dude. Uh, he, he's he's annoying. I don't know. I, I I wouldn't mind if we had him on the show though. If we got him on one day. I don't know. Just to, I don't know if he would I like I don't know if he would had to charge us anything or I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to be talking about that. He works he works for another company. You think he's doing this pro bono? For the nice band and chatting boys, you know? Just if I'm shooting from the hip. Yeah. Open the checkbook, buddy. You know <laughs> you know that's another conversation from the day. I'm gonna choose for that. There you go. But uh so let's get started. I mean you know, topic discussion, Yankees, Mets, last two days. Brandon, what's yeah. going on with your Mets lately, man? I wish I could tell you. A lot of people giving a lot of heat to Max Scherzer, saying he doesn't have it. Well, let's see what happens with Robinson. Okay, there you go. Nice down the middle, because now this run is on first and second, only one out. Um, I don't know. A lot of people giving heat to Max Scherzer, saying he might not have it. What's up with his slider and his curve? Someone was telling me today at work, maybe Verlander could teach him that now. Um, it's amazing how he can go from just dominant for the first couple of innings, and then he crumbles just at the last minute. I don't know. It's a lot. You know, I, you know, I, I got to say, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the pitch clock, and I say that because... That's what everyone's been saying, yeah. As somebody who covers the Phillies, I was watching the Phillies... Um, was it Phillies Dodgers this weekend? And that kind of came up that Aaron Nola was struggling in the top of the sixth on Saturday. And he, um, he would take his, he kept throwing balls away. 
he kept throwing balls away so he could take more time between pitches. And he got called out for it, which got Rob Thompson, the manager, ejected. But now I, really? I've kind of been paying attention to it more and more. And earlier when Verlander, after he had that really long at-bat with Bowers, I noticed that. He kept throwing balls away. So I don't know if um, – and after, no, excuse me. It was after he covered third. After he covered third, when he came back, he threw the ball away. Right away. So I think – so I think that that's – Maybe that could be, have something to do with it. Older pitchers, kind of, you're used to it. And let's be honest, these guys are throwing hard. When you're at that age, you, you kind of need more time between pitches. So I think that's what it's a product of. The problem is that's not something the Mets can fix. Yeah, you know, you can't fix. You can't. One of the things you can't fix is you you can't fix time. Time is going to come, and there's nothing you can do about it, whether Very it's age. Or... <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah oh. I mean, Verlander was uh, – not Verlander. Scherzer was, you know, having a pretty solid stretch, too, before entering uh, last night's game. I mean, you know, you had 10 strikeouts against Atlanta, nine against Philly, eight against Colorado. But, yeah, you know. He threw over 100 pitches in each of those games, man. It's definitely uh, taxing that arm, man. It's thir- you know, he's not 26, not 27 years old anymore. He's 38. So, yeah. Another thing, yeah. Another thing I also think, a, this year, it was just very hard for him. I don't think he really got into a good rhythm. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, yeah, he struggled in the beginning of the year. The suspension. The year. You know, a little bit in you know, the blisters. Yeah, he, I don't think he hits the IL, but I know oh, he did he miss a couple starts because of blister. But yeah, like you know, injury and the suspension. I think it was just hard for him to find like a rhythm to get into the season. You know what I mean? Um, sure. But when he, when he did, he he was almost lights out. You know, one of the games I went to it was against the Guardians. It was the it was a doubleheader that Sunday. He and he um, he pitched the first game, and he could have easily went seven innings if he didn't have the blister issue. But the you, Poor point I'm trying to get at. He was lights out the whole game. He had a no-hitter basically going into the fourth, or at least the fifth. So, and then I think now he's just out of rhythm right now again. Or, you know, now it's just, you know, it's hard to stay consistent when you're an athlete, you know. Same thing goes with Verlander. Verlander, he, today he was sort of lights out. He only gave a one hit, one run, no, three hits, one run against the Yankees. So, you know, it just it happens. It happens to the best of them. But, yeah, I I don't think with Scherzer, I just don't think he got into a good rhythm. But... In fairness, Verlander obviously didn't pitch poorly today, and we're talking about Scherzer, no. but 105 pitches through what? Five five innings? Six innings. He pitched? He, he got to the sixth? 105 pitches. Jake Bowers wore him out. Yep. 25 pitches in, what, two, three at-bats? Three at-bats? So, right. And without Drew Smith, because of the suspension, you're losing a pitcher. So they're going to need those starters. They're going to have to pick up slack. Yep. And as far yeah. as I know, they're the only team now to have two pitchers suspended for the sticky stuff violation. So that could be another 10 games. You already have an old bullpen. We discussed it last week. 38 years old, David Robertson, 37 years old, Adam Adovino. You're putting a ton of mileage early on in the season for these relievers. And your rotation is old to begin with. This is yep. going to be a problem. It's going to be. And, you and know, quite frankly, the offense isn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, look, they're fourth place Damn, in the NL East. And, I mean, the NL East, you know, it's not really a division that's, like, you know, top ends. Like, 
you're taxing all these older pitchers, you know, and you guys are climbing, trying to climb the third place right now. I mean, it's it's going to be rough. I think it's going to be a harsh reality for the Mets and the Mets uh, fans uh, later down the stretch this year. If I told you August 1st, uh, excuse me, April 1st, that we'd be in the middle of June and the Marlins would be running away with second place while the Phillies and Mets are just, you know, skirmishing for mediocrity, you'd think I'm crazy. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I wow. had they're consistent. Yeah. Like, the think Mets... about it. Like, they're trailing. Hold on a second. I, I don't mean yeah. to, like, cut you guys off, but yeah, no, I uh, they've been um, – they're what? They're five games behind the Braves. Sandy Alcantara has been bad. Yeah. For most of the season, his last three starts have been good. But before that, he's been bad just about the entire season, give or take right. a start or two. Oh! <laughs> oh, no, I thought they made it out like Beatty hit it out of the park. I have a video. I have a special video saved for if the Mets come back and win this. I have good faith and optimism right now that it could happen. So I have the video ready to go. So hopefully um, hopefully the Mets can actually make me happy tonight, you know, because, yeah. you know, they're just like the bad – Mets are just like the bad girlfriend, toxic bad girlfriend. You can never make them happy. They're always you always come back say. though. You always come back, bro. They <laughs> come back and then they reel you right in. It was yeah. Al Pacino from The Godfather. They gotta catch um, up, man. They just gotta catch up. I have to say, I've liked what I've seen from Fam, but yeah, he, as like a, a utility plug and play guy, short. Can he be this consistent over the span of the whole season? I don't know. I, if I'm if I'm Billy Epler in the front office, I'm calling. I'm calling teams to see what I can get right now. And the problem is a lot of teams are within striking distance of each other, particularly in the central regions. Fourth yeah. place in the in the central is only five and a half games out. Cubs, five and a half from Pirates at first. Yep. Seven games from the, between the Tigers and the Twins. But the Tigers were also just on an 11 game losing streak. So that could be deceiving. Maybe they can go the other way. They're second place for most of the season. Yep. A lot of teams trying to figure out where they are, and that kind of hurts the contenders like the Mets. And let's be honest, man, I'm repping my Yankees, got my Jeter jersey on, but they haven't been flawless either. Lots yeah. of teams haven't yeah. been. And Aaron Boone said himself, you know, the, uh, the trade deadline is going to be a little, as of right now, you know, it's going to be a little lackluster, uh, underwhelming for fans. You know, they think we're going to be getting all these guys at the trade deadline to win now. But like you said, it's like a lot of teams are figuring out, are we a contender? Are we we tanking? Or what's what's going on here? So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, this next couple of weeks, how June and July plays out. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, with Tommy Pham, I like Tommy Pham a lot. I mean, he just grounded out the Volpe currently just right now. I I've liked him when they when they signed him. I think now that you don't have Pete Alonso now, then you put someone at first. You put Can at first or Vientos. You put you give Fan more time. He's been he's been hitting. He's been contributing. He's a good fielder, yeah. a decent. So yeah, I was nice at that last night. I was at the game. Uh, we thought it was gone for a second to tie up the game. I think it was seven six at that point. And I was like, anyone but this guy, you know, former Tampa Bay Ray, uh, former. Red Sox too, right? Yeah, yeah, former Red Sox. Yeah, you know, um, not a guy you want to play fantasy football with, that's for sure. But um, no, I mean, he, he had some good at bats last night. He's you know, back in his heyday, he was a stud. I mean, you know, the guy could swipe bags, hit bombs. So you know, good bat to have in that lineup for sure. Yeah, 
And, um, you know, so we'll see what goes. I mean, yeah, you know, you guys are keeping it as real as possible. The Mets, the Mets, you know, they've been struggling. Against Pittsburgh, oh, my God. Lindor, we can't forget about Lindor and his errors. I know, I mean, in the game against the Pirates, the first play was an error. It's more of like an infield hit. But the second play bobbled right out of his hands. Botched double play attempt. And he easily could have got out of the inning. But then, obviously, the Pirates scored five runs as a result. But, hey, you know what happens? Lindor has been playing great defense. I feel like, you know, the, you can't always be perfect, you know. But moments like that, you got you know, you to be careful. Oh, let's see what happens. Yeah, that stuff happens. And as I said earlier, the, the Pirates, they are first place in their division for a reason. As fraudulent as I think that division is, they're still first place. It's not yeah. like you're losing to a team of cans, you know? I get the frustration. I get the angst from Mets fans. Uh, you know, I I was looking at their schedule the other day. It does not get easier. It really doesn't. It actually gets worse before it gets easier. They have to play the Astros, I think, once or twice before the All-Star break. Yeah. Obviously, this series against the Yankees. They got um, St. Louis after the Yankees, three games this weekend, three against Houston, three against Philly, who have been very good as of late. Yep. Four against Milwaukee, three against San Fran, and then six home games against the Diamondbacks and Padres in that order. And Diamondbacks are, whew, that is they a, are a force. Yeah, they are a force to be reckoned with. That is for sure. They're they're the West Coast Tampa Bay Rays right uh, now. I think that's perfectly well said, Dennis. Yeah, I agree, hundred ten percent. Their whole lineup is or just about their whole lineup are plug and play guys like uh, Gerardo Perdomo. Hope I said that right. <laughs> yeah. Big he's shout out. Good. Big shout out to Corbin Carroll, though. That oh, guy yeah. is a he's a beast, man. He is definitely a future face of this league. That's for sure. Oh yeah, NL Player of the Week for good yeah. reason. I believe he's the current, you know, with Vegas and the odds or whatever. I think he's what the runner-up for MVP right now behind Acuna. That's what they were saying. Haven't seen the odds. Yeah, I think it's Acuna that him, top two, and LMVP. I'm like, wow. It's crazy what Arizona's got going there. But, yeah, like you said, that's a you know, Houston, Yankees, Diamondbacks, that's, that's a rough stretch right there of teams for the Mets. I mean, it's like we like like we just said just earlier, you know, the arms, you know, older arms, they're getting taxed already. I mean, bullpen, I don't know. It's the Mets going to need a lot of things to go perfect for them down this stretch if they want to make some noise in October. It was Geraldo Perdomo uh, earlier who I was talking about. Switch hitter from the Diamondbacks. Gotcha. Keitel Marte, too, has been having a good year for them. Lourdes Goriel. Goriel, yeah, that guy, yeah, he's, he's – They're good, he, man. They're good. They're good. They're a good team. Definitely the real deal in my opinion. Tori LaBella has done a very good job with that team, and he's probably going to win manager of the year. Yeah. Just talking about the expectations of it all. So. All right. All right. Well, um, you know, obviously they got destroyed by the Braves, too. That was pretty crushing. But, um, you know, when they had four to one leads in both games, game one and game two, they found a way to lose it. You would have thought game three would have been different, right? But no, of course, you know, David Robinson gets robbed on two no strike calls. The next thing you know, Mike, the game gets tied. And Ozzy Albies, you know, basically says, you know, takes it out of the ballpark. You see Tommy Hunter, you know, screaming into his mitt. And that was it. And now, uh, you know, Steve Cohn does say he has faith in the team. And he hasn't given up on Billy Epler or 
Buck Showalter yet. Um, but one more thing before we move on to the Yankees. Um, what do you guys think of them signing Luke Volt to a minor league deal? That's pretty insane. Um, and everyone keeps telling me, everyone, the Mets keep going after former Yankees. But I don't know. I kind of like this a little bit. Drastic times call for drastic measures. You have a proven first baseman who had over 20 home runs in his 60-game span. Problem is he can't stay on the field. But yeah. if you can supplement that, let's be honest, if they called him up tomorrow, he's there until Alonzo gets back. If I'm and if I'm Daniel Vogelbach, I'm really nervous right now. Because that's be. probably who they'd be replacing him with. So that would I, I'd like the pickup for the Mets. Let's be honest. Let's see what Vientos can do. He had pretty costly error earlier in the game. Moving IKF over to second. No, excuse me. That wasn't IKF over. It moved LeMay, was it LeMahieu? I forget who. Somebody moved over to second earlier on a Vientos error. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's like we were talking about Voight last week. And, you know, he's been kind of having, you know, a little bit of a rough patch in his career ever since, uh, you know, leaving the Yankees. Yeah, like Dennis said, you know, desperate times, call for desperate measures. But, I mean – I don't know. I mean, it's like kind of Gary Sanchez, you know, it's like, are he's going to dump this guy? He's going to go somewhere else, start raking, you know, we, we really don't know. But, you know, Voight, he gave me great vibes in 2020, you know, this time at the Yankees. Definitely rooting for the guy. You know, it would be good to see him have some, you know, spark. Maybe give the Mets offense a spark, the Mets team overall. So, I mean... It's tough to say, but yeah, Vogelbach, man, he has not been good. You know, batting two oh three, only two home runs on the year. You know, this is a guy, you know, you need him to hit third like 20, 30 bombs at least. I mean, I don't know. But I think Void is definitely has a higher ceiling than Vogelbach, so I think it's a good signing. But Mets are hurt without Pete Alonso, too. That's another big fact. It's kind of like the Yankees with Judge over the past couple of games. Like you missing your yeah. top bat. That, that that hurts anybody, man. So, rooting for Voight. Hope he does well. Look, in defense of Vogelbach, because somebody – I feel like somebody has to stand up for him. The ire he's getting is just ridiculous. He's Daniel freaking Vogelbach. He's not Will Clark. I don't know yeah. what people expected him to be. He's not a superstar. Never yeah. has been. And only one, two, three, four, five, six Mets are over – an OPS plus of 100, which is average. Jeff McNeil is a 101. Mark Kenna is a 105. So it's not leaps and bounds. Tommy hmm. Pham doesn't get consistent starts, 116. Pete Alonso at 138, he's hurt. Alvarez, 123, good season for him thus far. And Brandon Nimmo, 126. So, I, I mean, it's not all on him. No, it's definitely not. not all on him. Definitely not. So I, I just think it's very interesting what they're going to do. And I, I see people saying fire buck fire, Billy Epler. It's like, well, this is why you guys haven't won a world series since 1986. This doesn't just happen overnight. It's hard to win a world series. Yep. Do I think well, this team could have been better put together? Absolutely. But at the same time too, you look at the starting pitchers that got shuffled around in the off season not many of them have been performing up to standard. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, with Vogelback, I know that recently they just said he's been taking a um, taking a uh, mental 
break. Um, I think they said that Buck gave him a week just to, you know, get, take a break, refresh. Um, so, I mean, you know, vocal back has been going through it. Um, Good move. Yeah, you know, I respect that. Uh, yeah, 100%. You know, obviously when it comes to mental health, I feel like, you know, it's definitely something that people should look at. I agree. Um, so for Daniel Bard. Yeah. So, uh, yep. From the Rockies. I keep yep. bringing up Daniel Bard, it seems like, every week in discussion with the Mets. And the WPC, he sucked. He was terrible. He yeah. blew every single game he came into. And then in the season this year for the Rockies, he's been great. So sometimes, it, you know, you need guys to just kind of recharge the batteries a bit. Yeah. Hopefully that's what they can do with Vogelbach. He's good. He proved it last year. When he came yep. over to the Mets, he was a legit weapon for them for a bit. For so. a bit, yeah. I mean, his average was dipping a bit, but, I mean, as it always was. But, yeah, no, it's, he's, he's definitely, he definitely could be something. And obviously the Pete Alonso injury, that's something we definitely should have touched about first. Um, you know, that injury that happened against the Braves, who has a bone bruise and a sprained left wrist. <coughs> Crazy. And it just Mets sucks. Got, I Mets mean, got it's, out. Kind, it's kind of like what we were talking about with the Grom last week. You know, I went to the game last night and it was like no judge, no peel on. So it just sucks. You want to see these top guys, top hitters. You want to see the best versus the best, man. And it blows for Mets fans. And, you know, for a bit, for the Yankees, it was sucking with, without judge. You know, like a lot of the vets went ice cold and it's just. Kind of watching a different team without your top guy, it just stinks. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I still think it was definitely good. I mean, no matter what, a Subway Series. Oh, last night was a great game, but yeah, right. But no, I agree. Someone said that to me too. Like, no Judge, no Alonso, but then again, you still got the pitching matchups, which were insane. Scherzer versus Sevy, and then tonight Verlander versus Cole, which I thought was tremendous. That would have been a great matchup to see in person. You know, former Astros Uh, teammates. Yeah, former teammates. Yeah. And um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, Before we move on, you mentioned a few times that you went to the game last night, Yankees-Mets at City Field. What what were the vibes like? What Was it more Mets fans than Yankees fans? I would assume there probably was. So, definitely more Mets fans. I will say that. There was definitely more Mets fans, but I am definitely not uh, underestimating that Yankees crowd, though. There were a good – Full full amount of Yankee fans there. If I had to, if I had to take the numbers, it was probably like 60-40 Mets. Like, but dude, honestly, I've been to three games so far this year. Yankees versus Angels in April. That's when Judge robbed Otani of the home run. Judge had a home run of his own. Went to Yankees Padres. Joe Musgrove went perfect, like six innings. Don't have to talk about that. And then <laughs> last night. Last night. At City Field, best game I went to by far this year. Playoff atmosphere was insane. It was we insane. In, yeah, it was insane. We were sitting in right field, and you know there was a good mix. It was a good mix of Yankees and Mets fans, and everyone was chill. You know, it, it didn't get too out of hand, but it was a friendly rivalry. And God, when Stan hit that home run off Scherzer in the first inning, and then when Nimmo retaliated with the home run of his own. Crowd went nuts, just went nuts. And then the Yankees had that five run in it. Definitely had playoff atmosphere. I've been to a few playoff games from all the four major sports. And God, that was like, is this like the World Series? Like, like, what is this? This is, it was just awesome. Really good vibes. Mets fans are the real deal. And, you know, they definitely deserve, yeah, you know, winning team. They were out there. They were chirping. They were, you know, they were giving me looks like, oh, 
nice, nice Rizzo jersey or whatever, you know, Yankees suck, you know, but the Mets fans, they, they were out there. So were the Yankee fans, though. Awesome vibe. That's great. That's great to see. I remember I went to the Subway Series, uh, the first game last year, on as we see Vientos. Uh, let's see. Now it's the Mets' turn. Could, could, they, uh, could they make me happy tonight? Let's see. That's, who's this? Abreu? Is this guy good? Yeah. Let's see. Oh, okay. Damn, that slider. I remember I went to the game last year, game one. They won six to three. Uh, you know, definitely good. You know, a lot of energy. You know, um, definitely. You know, so it's felt like a playoff atmosphere, like you said, Nick. Um, and um, you know, glad you, I'm glad you had a good time. It was definitely interesting. You got to tell us so about um, Oswaldo Cabrera. I mean, you said you got a ball from the guy. You got you got to tell us about that, man. Yeah, so I believe it was the eighth inning. So Waldo's out in right field. And, you know, when you're sitting, you know, when they're warming up, they're throwing the ball back to the catcher or whoever, the warm-up guy. So, you know, I was with a few buddies of mine. Some of us were in Mets jerseys. Most of us were Yankee fans, though. So we had a pretty good amount of Yankee fans with us. And, uh, now I kind of saw Waldo. I was like, "Yo, Waldo!" And I was screaming. The guy probably can't hear me, but I was wearing my Yankee jersey, so I kind of went like this. I was like, you know, waving at him. And I swear, man, it's like you just knew. He kind of looked up. I swear, we made eye contact. And he kind of he went like this with his glove, pointing our direction. I was like, "That ball's coming here, guys. One of us better catch it." Throws the ball up. My buddy, two seats away from me, kind of bobbled it. And then it went up in the air. First instinct, I just went like that, secured it, looked around. I'm like, wow. I'm like, that's the first ball I've ever gotten from, you know, home run ball, foul ball, warm-up ball. That was the first ball I ever gotten ever at a baseball game. So I was shook. I was like, wow. And then the Mets fans in front of us, you know, they all high-fived me. Like, oh, good catch, good stuff. It was awesome. And then um, I posted on my Instagram story. And yeah. I'm at work. I get a notification. Oswaldo Cabrera liked your story. I was like, <laughs> this guy's awesome. This guy's sick. I was like, that is awesome. So, yeah, Walt, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, warm-up ball. It's upstairs right now. It's in a case with my other uh, memorabilia. It's awesome. But that was nice. such an awesome experience. Really cool dude. Just awesome. That's it. Nick, tell me you put it on your sports media page. That's happening tonight. I oh! I know. I was at work today. I was at work. Today. I put on my personal though. I made my personal account uh, public. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. I made it public, but I definitely am going to post it on my uh, media account for sure. Nice, good uh, for you. That, that's amazing, Steve. What, what a great sign. And I'm glad the Met fans too were obviously being like, "Hey, you know, good for you, man." Yeah, no, they yeah. all cheered and stuff. It was cool. You know, yeah. vibes. They're like, oh, it would have been better if it was a Marte ball. I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Then we uh, struck him out later, but, you know. All right, of course. That's what, that's what everyone was saying, right? Sorry. That's what, yeah. Okay, no, I'll let that slide. I'll let that slide. You're Me, sorry, personally, I wouldn't let that slide. But this time, I w- I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> um, but no, I could fear, man. No, I, that's, uh, like I said, we definitely are going to get a game, though. Uh, yeah, get a game sure. together soon. Uh, whenever that's possible, definitely more in the summer. Um, and uh, yeah, all right. So um, let's get into, let's dive into the Yankees quick. So uh, Volpe to remain the Yankees shortstop for the foreseeable future. Uh, I know when you guys put this in there, um, tell me about that. Why'd you guys uh, put that down for topic of discussion? Is what's going on with Volpe right now? 
Yeah, well, I was just seeing reports and stuff, or not even reports, more like armchair GMs on Twitter and stuff, you know, people who don't know what they're talking about half the time. They were like, yeah, you know, there was a lot of talk about Volpe, you know, being sent down to AAA or something, maybe, you know, build up confidence or, uh, you know, maybe fix his swing because – Hate to say, I love the kid. I really do think he wait, is the wait, future. Wait. Let's go. That's it. Ball game. Wait, hold on. Let's go. Let's go, baby. All right, I gotta play the. Let's go. I gotta play the video. I gotta play the. Gotta I gotta play the video. I gotta play the video. Start spreading the news. The Yankees lost. The Yankees lost. The Yankees. Wild I had games to, to go to, by the way. I, I had to, that was. We will talk about that. I, I had to. I had to play that. I had to. I, I've been waiting for that for the longest time to, to, to play. Actually, no. When the Yankees got swept by the Astros last year, I did play. I did play that actually. To I will. I send it to my friends. Yeah, I won't right. post it on my social. I don't think I would have the uh, the guts to do that. But I mean, yeah. At least we made it to yeah. the ALCS, right? You did. Yeah, I, you I, did. I'm yeah. trying out the bar for right now, but um, yeah, but now nah, good win. Go in for the Mets. I mean, good win. GG, GG. Yesterday's game was a lot better, but yeah, uh, yeah I think I Bowers mean, thought that ball went out. Yeah, no. I, I, I thought he could have made it. Yeah, no. I'm looking at that right now. Like, sheesh. Wonder if him getting uh, hurt, crashing into the wall in Toronto. Has something to do with that? Yeah, no. I wonder what, for sure. What, I wonder what Bowers. Oh, are you talking about Bowers? Yeah, in right field. I thought he could have caught that. I don't know why. Because it, it looks like, like he pulls up. Though, too. Looks like he pulls up. He had a triple. Too. Whatever, whatever. I've always been a sore loser. I've always been a sore loser. The guy that goes. Same here, Dash. I'm gonna shut off my TV right now. I am I am such a sore loser. I might have changed the channel, put on some Kirby enthusiasm or something. But um But uh sorry, you guys were talking so anyways. Yeah. So yeah, now uh back to Volpe though. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of words got around, uh, a lot of ideas, people saying, you know, you should go to triple A and stuff, maybe fix on the swing, because I do love the kid. I love Volpe to death. He seems like a great kid. He's got a good glove, he's obviously got speed and he he does hit some nukes here and there, but uh you know, uh, then Hal Steinbrenner, Boone, everyone, they're like, nah, like, listen, Volpe's our starting shortstop. No matter how you spin it, he's our guy. And, you know, like, I've been, like, kind of on the fence about it, but, like, I think all in all, who else we got? I mean, like, obviously we got Peraza in the minors, but, like, we're really going to call up Peraza and uh, while we're trying, you know, still win ball games here, like, I love the kid, but like I think Volpe's here now. He is part of, of a winning team as of right now. I really don't think, you know, changing the whole vibe of shortstop right now is really the move. I think you got to keep giving the kid at bats at this point at the major league level. That's just my spin on it. And I kind of agree with the Yankees manager right there. I mean, that's my take on it. Yeah, my take on the Volpe thing is – I think as Yankee fans, I think a lot of people have gotten used to kind of an easy bake Yankee system from back in the nineties where you could just throw out anybody, even some dude who probably worked at Costco or something, and they just were great. <laughs> yeah. And that's just not how it works. It's just not. So, you know, like 
Derek Jeter was an anomaly. Bernie Williams was an anomaly. Jorge Posada was an anomaly. These guys that just come up, Cano, an anomaly. Guys that just show up and are just instantly ballers. It takes time. Look at IKF. Last year he was unplayable, and lately he's been playing very well. Like it takes time. Stole home today, guys. A, <laughs> guys, a beast. Guys, a beast. Home. Yeah, single-handedly like crushed Mets. You know, made every single Mets fan hard drop just a few hours ago. Yeah. Even if you want to go around the league, like Christian Yelich wasn't great right away. He won an MVP. Yep. It, it happens, and sometimes guys yeah, go the other right way. Right away, yeah. They fall off later on, but. You, you know, you got to ride it out. You got to see what you have with this dude, if he's legit or not. Exactly. So. I 100% agree. And now it's like you said, like, you know, Volpe was getting Jeter comparisons from the get-go. I'm like, you can't do that to the kid. Can't. 21-year-old oh, yeah. kid. Let him let, let Volpe be Volpe. You know, if he ends up being remotely comparable to Jeter 20 years from now, sure, we got that conversation there. But, yeah. like. Let the kid rock. I love the kid. We have seen flashes of his potential. Just keep him the at-bats. And I did see uh, he did change his swing approach last night compared to what he's been doing most of the year. He had that double in the game. I saw it. Um, you know, keep him the kid at-bats, you know. Rome wasn't built in a day. Just got to let the kid rock, man. Love the kid. I thought the Jeter comparisons were the stupidest thing ever. And Agreed. just the New York media being, like, really? insufferable. Yeah. Yeah, oh the New my York God. Media did kind of, the New York media, I feel like all the media did hype him up, though, a lot. And not, I mean, not saying I'm not denying him, but I'm saying, like, the yeah, the Jeter comparison, that's one well, thing. At worst, he's at worst, Jeter. I, I don't think people realize Jeter is a top five offensive shortstop ever, bar none. You yeah. can't even, if somebody says otherwise, you want to talk about the defense, talk about the defense. You can't, you don't know ball if you say Jeter is not a top five offensive catch, uh, shortstop ever. Yeah, 100%. World Series MVP, over 3,000 hits, most as a Yankee, just every single thing, and you're comparing this kid to him. It would be like just if some random center started playing for, I don't know, the 76ers tomorrow, and they're saying, hey, I think this guy's going to be the next Wilt Chamberlain, and he has three seconds in the NBA so far. Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. No, and like it's honestly, so ridiculous. Like, I'm sorry, I don't take anybody seriously that compares him to Derek Jeter. And instantly, just brain shut off, brain neutral. You're an idiot. Just yeah, right no. away. It's so lame. I agree. It's just it's so premature. It's so like you know, it's it's ridiculous. And granted, LeBron is one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Granted, but like I was kind of done with the whole comparisons of like. You know, Hall of Fame players, like, people are like, oh, you know, LeBron is not meeting up to Jordan's expectations. I'm like, dude, who cares? Like, yeah. honestly, like, I, I was kind of done with the whole player comparisons then. Granted, he is comparable to Jordan, but, like, old time. But still, like, 21-year-old kid, we're here now in 2023. You know, it's Volpe, you know. We can have this conversation hopefully 20 years from now, depending on how this kid's career goes. But given the kid – you're. Your expectations are going way too high with this. So lame. And it, honestly, it's also a product of just sports hot take culture in general. Yep. If, like, you notice, like, draft comps in any sport, they never go for average. They always just go for Hall of Fame or bust. Yeah. No in between. Just their ceiling. It's, it's never – nobody's ever going to sit here and say, like, you know what? I think this guy's, like, the next Joe Panic. You're never going to hear that. It's always <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know what? I think this – call me crazy – I think this guy's going to be the next Barry Larkin. Barry, <laughs> yeah. 
Just a thought. Hey, like, I see him and I just instantly think, I think Hannes Wagner when I see this kid's plate approach. Ridiculous. It's stupid. I it's think like, my if take he was with a lefty Volpe, starter, would people be saying he's the next freaking Whitey Ford? It's ridiculous. Why? Because he grew up a Yankees fan? Yeah. Stupid. From Jersey. He's Italian. There you go. Those, those are the three things. The Italian it. part, too. Everybody's rooting for. Oh, God. That's huge with Yankee fans. If his, <laughs> if his last name was McCleary, I don't think people would care as much. <laughs> just, just saying. Same thing with like Rizzo and Gallo. Before we even got Gallo, everybody's like, this guy's going to, this guyy's great. Yep. <laughs> that didn't last long. Yep. Uh, I was going so, to say, uh, but uh, my take with the Volpe thing, I mean, I know a lot of people saying he was called up too early, right? Like, didn't, didn't they say he needed more time in AAA before he was getting called up? Who doesn't, though? I mean, like, the, like at that point, it's like, he's been, like, like he hasn't been great. He hasn't really been, you know. I don't want to be too rough on the kid, but like you know, it, it's been a little rough offensively for him. But like, he's he's got flashes of potential. He def. It's like I said when I first started talking about this. I was fifty fifty on you know him going to triple A. You know, it definitely does wonders for some people for sure. But it's like at this point in the season, especially at the position for the Yankees. I think he's got to keep rolling with the kid. You got to keep rolling with Volpe at shortstop. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't think they really had anybody else. You know that really at the time call him up. It was like you know Peraza had a pretty solid uh, year in 2022 last year. Yeah, so he's definitely an option as well. I don't want to completely rule him out, but I think for what we had, he's the right choice, and he's been here this long. The Yankees are. Solid this year could be better. Just gotta keep rolling with them. Yeah, I mean, what was the alternative going to be? Either Peraza, IKF, or Glaber Torres. Glaber, when he plays shortstop, the offensive numbers drop off. We all know that. And IKF, as good as he's been as of late, they didn't know he was going to be playing this well. Exactly. Peraza, I, I, I just think you could flip a coin between Peraza and Volpe, and that's who they went with. Exactly. I think they went with Volpe because I think he, he had a better spring. Yep. He really impressed them in spring, and that's what yeah. it's about. Had a so going into spring. the season, they thought he'd have it. And, dude, this game is hard. Hall of Famers fail 70% of the time. Yep. Think of that. Yeah. Think of that. Could you imagine if a quarterback had a 30% completion rate? Benched. Would he even make it? Would he even yeah. make it five weeks in the league? Exactly. Yep. So I mean, it takes time, man. It's not, it's not an easy bake league. No, it's not, yeah. I know. Crazy that the the lifelong New Yorker ever says, mm-hmm. "Be a little patient." <gasps> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, who would have yeah. thought? It's, I I hundred percent agree. And I mean, like, look, it's not like the Yankees are like you know dead last in the AL East either. You know, he's part of a winning club. He's gonna yeah, get his, culture, yeah, you know. He's he's getting, you know, triple A. Yeah, you know, you, you get comfortable in triple A. He's slowly but getting comfortable at the major league level. That's huge. Like he's gotta keep building off of that. Hopefully right. he turns it around soon though, for sure. Right. And you know, I know when he when Yankees fans they love the players, they love the players, and anybody will back him up. I know a lot of people with Volpe, yeah. they'll back him up in a heartbeat. You know, like I said, it's just it takes time. You know, hopefully, 
you know, at this point, yeah, I mean, unless it, it's he's really bad, you know, then yeah, sure, go send him down. But at this point, he's already in. He has the games. It's it's almost it's almost midway through June. Like, you know, what's the point of sending him down anyways if you thought about it? Yeah, I just feel um, like the Yankees got to have both feet in at this point. Like, can't have one foot out, one foot in. You got you to be all in at this point right now with Volpe. Yeah, I mean, it's a good story with him, though. You know, a kid who grew up from Jersey. Um, you know, Yankees fan, you know, worked his way up, you know, to become where he is and hope, you know, hopefully he does good, you know? Yeah. We shall see. I would, uh, I would love for him to see. succeed. Obviously I'm not rooting against him. I just think some of the comparisons have been unfair. Sure, bro. And I just let the kid see what he can do. He's 21 years old. He's got, he's, he's got a lot of time left. Years in the old. He would have just finished his third year of college. And he's playing shortstop for the New York Yankees. Like that a championship contender. Championship Not a playoff contender. contender, a championship contender. Yep. It's hard, man. It's hard. Mm, High standards in all, maybe all sports. Which I get. They expect excellence and whatnot, but I just think some of it's just so it gets a little crazy. irrational. Yep. I, I even, truth be told, I even kind of have a problem with some of the booing of players. Oh, I can't like, stand the booing of our – if you're booing one player, I don't know. And like you hear former players on MLB Network or guys around the league now, and they kind of say, in comparison to playing at old Yankee Stadium, playing at new Yankee Stadium is kind of a joke. And I, I think that's because Yankees fans are so much harder on their own guys than the opposing players now. It's ridiculous. Yep. Yeah. They're Joey it's Gallo. So ridiculous. I, I, I didn't even boo Hicks. I didn't even boo him because I'm like, booing your own players come on man like what what is this this is chapman i never had any issues with hicks because i always felt like he had a career-ending injury with new york because when he had that wrist injury it's like that's the same injury that literally ended to Shara's career yeah he was never the same again lost off his bat speed and at some point like yeah you have to move on from him obviously they did he's played well for baltimore yeah, he's been. But at the same time, too, it's also, I I can't, I'm not going to kick the guy while he's down. Yeah. So, Gallo, yeah, I always yeah. thought it was a bad trade, even before it happened. <laughs> <laughs> that that I didn't boom, but like I just thought it was a dumb trade. I remember saying, I'm a three yeah. outcome player at the home run, walk, or strikeout. Yeah, they don't have enough I of those watching, already. Yeah. Oh, no. I remember watching the um. When I was at the Subway Series game last year, the first game, uh, Diaz came into the game, and of course he went up against Joey Gallo. That was, you know, Diaz at the time was the closer with the, you know, the most like strikeout to, you know, like innings, right? Oh, then you got Joey Gallo, who's the one of the most, you know, the baddest to strike out the most, you know. I gotta look it up, but that you know what I'm talking about. That was like what it was, and it was insane. You got a guy, a pitcher that is guaranteed to get a strikeout, no, a batter that's guaranteed to strike out, and the pitcher who is is lights out, ready to strike out at any given moment, and that that's kind of what it was, and it was it was pretty cool. That was pretty cool to see, though. I'm not gonna lie, because Joey Gallo last year was a lot of you know, a lot of talk around baseball before he got traded and let go, and then so was Diaz. Yeah, and honestly, going back to what I know, I'm kind of beating a dead horse, but. Look at like I think Mets fans forget in 2019 you guys didn't dislike Diaz you freaking hated Diaz like Mets fans do not get any blame for thinking I could pitch better than Edwin Diaz yep 
I was, Dude, I was one of those people. Jared Kelnick came up and had one good game. I, I think I was talking down Mets fans from the freaking Brooklyn Bridge. The way people were talking about Jared Kelnick. It was insane. I was like, hey, this guy had a really good – Diaz had a really good season in Seattle. Let's see what this guy can do. And everybody's like, no, he sucks. He's a can. Just right away. I was like, guys, settle down. Then last year he's great. All my friends that I met fans, I love Diaz. I love Diaz. Blowing None the trumpets and everything. None of it. Fake fans. Fake fans. No, all right. Well, to be and fair, you know, I have I have admitted it. I have admitted it. I'm glad. I'm glad. I have admitted to it. I have admitted to my share of fame. No, I have admitted to my you could attest to this, though. You could tell I was I'm a very reasonable man. I will I will give credit where credit it's due. There's just there's some I'll give you credit right now. Right now, like, you know, you said you you all being a real Yankee fan, you're you'll you know, a player's not doing right, you will say, you know, and especially, but, you know, you do admit to the booing, you know, of all other Yankee players, yes, it, it's not right. Just like I'm trying to be reasonable right now, you know what I mean? Like, if you're being reasonable with my team, I'll be reasonable. I mean, if I'm being reasonable with your team, I expect you to be at least reasonable with my team, if you know what I mean. Right now, yes, I will say, I was one of the Diaz haters. Not a hater, but he was you're not a player I really I, I liked a lot. And I remember in 2020, after he was, you know, you were confused misguided. and misguided, buddy. You've changed your I words. was confused and misguided. I don't I don't know what was going on. He was he gave up what eight games? Those eight games they easily could have used to make it to the wild card. Who knows what would have happened to the wild card? The Nationals had the wild card in nineteen. Look what happened to them. What if the Mets had that wild card spot? The Mets were like they had yeah. in my opinion, I I want to talk about about it, but I want to keep on Diaz. Like to me, the two thousand nineteen Mets had two thousand fifteen vibes. The way they were just coming back and winning games, and you know they just didn't. Just some games, you know, they just didn't win most of the games. You know what I mean? That. Oh, I'm you sorry. Know. Continue. But that team, in my opinion, could have had an opportunity to make a deep playoff run. They just didn't make the playoff. You know. There aren't too many regular season games that I remember vividly, but that Kurt Suzuki game with the walk off grand slam, I'll never forget. Yeah. That Wait, was when they the... came back from eleven to four in the ninth. That... Right? That game, yeah, I don't I know what it. date it was, but that won them the World Series. That won Probably. the Nationals the World Series. It just proved Probably. that they can do it. They can do it. If guys like that are producing, coming back from down, they're down like what, 9 nothing or something? Or 9-3? I believe. 11-4. Yeah, I think that was it. And they came back and won with the walk-off Grand Slam. Forget it. And from that point on, they just went on an insane winning streak. Yeah, I, I, I get that. That's what happens sometimes, man. That's what happens. Yeah, I was not happy. I, I watched that game pretty vividly. I was not really happy with that. That was pretty devastating. And, of course, that was a typical Met way. And, and right there and then, obviously, you knew the Mets weren't going to do anything the rest of the season. Um, yeah. You know, but, yeah, no, I just, um, if that, you know, like I said, the Nationals, the, that was a team. And I'll be reasonable right now. Another example. I didn't like the Nationals at all. Dating back to 2015, that rivalry was pretty insane. Midway through the 2010s. It's crazy how I'm saying 2010s. Like, I'm only 23. You know, um, it is weird, but um, that team they gained my respect. You know, they're my division rival, but when they won the World Series, the way they did it, I remember watching the last pitch. I was it was one of those sports moments where I just stood at the TV and I didn't say anything. I just was enjoying the greatness of sports, and I said to myself, "I'm like, I'm like, wow, they won it." Like a moment like that, for example, is when Tom Brady won his fifth Super Bowl. I remember watching that, and I'm like, and I just didn't say anything because I was like, wow. I'm watching the greatest quarter. You know what I mean? Like I'm admiring the greatness. That 2019 Nationals had my utmost respect. The way that oh, yeah. players, the, the team, 
it was just insane. Nick, you got anything to say? Yeah, no, I remember watching that whole uh, run. You know, I actually had a crazy take in 2019. I actually picked the Nationals. Not, I didn't pick them to win it. I picked them to go to the World Series that year. Preseason? Uh, no, like pre, pre-playoff. So it was oh, like okay. when the teams were situated, I was like, all right, you know, I think I got – I'm picking the Nationals. I don't know why. I think they're just a sick team. And then I remember the wild card against Milwaukee. I remember it was a little rough for them. I don't remember the exact details, but I remember they were down in the game. Then Trent Grissom made that error in uh, right field, and that's kind of was like, wow, that was just a crazy team to watch. 20-year-old Juan Soto, man. That's just Unreal. crazy. I'm jealous, so jealous of that team. But, and, yeah, no, that was a great team to watch, though. And the game that gets lost in the shuffle, no pun intended, before we <laughs> move on to other topics – that Andy Ball Sanchez near no hitter in the he playoffs. Oh my dude. God! Against the Cardinals, shoving. just single handedly just said like, "Yeah, not happening." <laughs> Howie Kendrick's bomb. I think it was what against uh, such a good, such a good team. Dodgers, I think, right? Such yeah. a good team. Yeah, yeah fun team, fun team to watch. Yeah, Anthony Rendon against Kershaw. I remember when Kershaw was warming up in the bullpen, and you were hearing a lot of times. You know, they have the mics in the bullpen or whatever. I remember hearing the pop. Of Kershaw as he's on the mound right now against the White Sox, two and nothing White Sox. The pop, Kershaw pitching in the bullpen, pop, pop, pop. And I was like, this one's <laughs> over. They have the lead, it's over. But when he comes in, and then it turns out Dodgers lost. I was like, wow, uh, wild game. Yeah. All right. Um. I guess are we good? Anything else on the Yankees? Do we want to move before, on? We can before move we on. move on, I will okay. say yes. Like I was a Diaz hater, but. Wow, I just think it's crazy the switch he made from 2019 to, to last year. Because last year he was lights out dominant. We have to, so. His you know, brother's so pretty I, good, too. For the Alexis Diaz, his brother's pretty good. Brother's nasty, man. Yep. But yeah, so yeah, that's, that's where I end on that. So now let's go into it. Now, uh, Jose Ramirez had a 3 1 game. I feel like that's an underrated player that's not talked about a lot. I think we're going to talk about him on here. Super underrated. I mean, you know, he plays for the Cleveland Guardians. I think that has uh, enough to say for itself. But, I mean, like, yeah, man, this dude's been one of the best hitters of this generation by far, dude. Like, I remember, like, when I first really started hearing about him was, uh, like, back in 2017 when the Yankees were versus, you know, at the time, Cleveland Indians in the playoffs. And, you know, he's coming off that monster year with 56 doubles, batting 318. I think he was top three in MVP that year. Ever since then, man, um, he kind of had that one lackluster year in, I think, 2019. Oddly enough, that was the year with the uh, the juiced baseballs. But, like, I mean, dude, since 2017, four, four top five MP, MVP finishes, man. I mean – Super underrated. You know, we, we hear about Trout. We hear about Otani. We hear about Judge. You know, we hear about all those guys in the AL. J-Ram, I mean, that guy is kind of right there. Maybe not maybe not with Otani and Judge, but he's kind of right there with those guys, man. I mean, underrated. And at third base, too, pretty shallow position talent-wise. Like, he's a beast, dude. That 2018 season was ridiculous for J-Ram. 
39 home runs, <laughs> 34 stolen bases, 151 Dude, OPS plus. He's kind of like Acuna before Acuna. I mean, like, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, and I think if people had to do it again, knowing some of the nefarious going-ons with the Boston Red Sox, I think he might have won MVP that year. Yeah. Just looking at it, because his wins above replacement was as high as bets. But he had more home runs, more stolen bases, more RBIs, less hits. But once again, you know, um, and in more games. And Mookie Betts had an insane year at 136 games. He had a 10.7 war. Yeah, that that, that was all the Red Sox <laughs> year, man. Hate 346. I, before they got caught cheating, I, I would could have sworn that the 2018 Red Sox was the best team I've ever seen in any sport. Nah, the that, 2018 that team, Red Sox was insane. That team was a wagon, dude. Oh, my God. Just a wagon. Yeah. Stephen Pierce, man. Yeah. That yeah, that's like almost all their players fell off after that, not named Mookie Betts. All right, seriously. <laughs> I mean. Damn. Benatendi, Jackie Bradley Jr. Yeah. I mean, Benatendi looked like he was going to be the next freaking Carl Yastrzemski for them. Yep. So. All right. Um. Now, uh, the Angels... Oh, yeah, this is pretty interesting. The Angels bring in Daniel Murphy on a minor league deal. Now, the Angels purchased the contract. Um, if I'm correct, that's what it said. And now, uh, Murphy... I mean, he was playing for the Long Island Ducks, which is a team that doesn't play that far from us. Pretty sure he plays pretty close to Nicholas, if I'm correct. I live, like, on a good day, no traffic. Probably a 10-minute drive to Bethpage Ballpark from my house. It's yeah. insane. But, I uh, wish I went to FPH Ballpark. I wish I would have loved to have seen him play for the Ducks. I've seen him play on the Mets. I mean, you know. Funny so enough, my girlfriend's brother, little brother Guy, if you listen to this guy, I'm shouting you out right now. He's going to love this. He got a picture of Daniel Murphy. Him and his buddy went to the uh, Ducks game. And I, I don't know where they were sitting exactly. It kind of looked like the third baseline. or I'm, But I guess they caught Murphy warming up, took a selfie with him. He was a cool dude. I think he even bought a Murphy Ducks jersey, which is sick. But That's pretty um, sick, yeah. I remember back in 2015, man, I was a junior in high school. You know, obviously I'm a diehard Yankee fan, but uh, the Yankees lost the wild card to Houston that year. So my Yankees were out of it, whatever. Dude, I just kind of fell in love with Daniel Murphy that year, man. I was like, this guy is just a beast. This guy How is could awesome. He was – he's probably – him and like Daryl Strawberry are probably up there for like my favorite Mets of all time. I love Murph, man. Just a cool, cool player, cool career. Glad to see him possibly make a comeback to Major League Baseball. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. It was, you know, it's so funny. Um, my dad was in the room earlier, but he went up to go to bed. Um, <laughs> him and I were talking Sunday night. My dad's a very casual, stressed, casual baseball fan if you're not in a yankee uniform he has no clue who you are and um he was asking he's like is murphy still in the league this was sunday night and i was like no no he's on the ducks and he's like oh we gotta go catch a game and see murphy <laughs> next morning he goes to the angels minor league team wow that's pretty uh, that's so ironic so i don't know maybe oh my, my dad's spoken into fruition yeah i don't know what you call that that's like irony or Ironic. Yeah, I haven't played, like a, game, had I played a major league game in two years, right? Twenty twenty one was his last. He retired. Yeah, he retired from the majors, and then he, I guess he, last, he found a way back. Last he was with now. was Colorado, right? Yeah. As far as I know. Um, so he, had, he had some uh, 
monster years though in Washington. I gotta say, man. Yeah, of course he leaves the Mets, goes to Washington, now becomes a Met killer. That's something I gotta write. I gotta write an article soon about Met killers. He is one of them. Travis Darno and then other players. I can go on. Um, the, the picture for that article has yeah. to be Chipper Jones. He owns the Mets oh, so yeah. much. He named his daughter Shay. That's yeah. Like, yeah. That is top tier. Like Giancarlo, a more recent one. But... Oh God. Uh a little bit, maybe. Oh, or Jeter. Jeter definitely could be. Yeah. Stan, when he was on the Marlins, I-, I think Met fans, maybe not Buddy, but other Met fans, were probably like looking under their bed and in their closet for him, like he was the boogeyman. <laughs> just every single time he stepped up, it was just like I had so many friends that were Met fans that were just like hate John Carlos Stanton because he was so good. Even when he was Mike Stanton. <laughs> yeah, back when he was Mike. Back when he was Mike Stanton, he would just shred the Mets every single time. Yeah, but uh, I remember Murphy, um, when I went to the playoff game in game one in the NLCS in 15, he hit one of the home runs. That's when he went on that tear, hitting a home run in like five or seven straight games. You know, in the playoff, I remember watching that home run. I remember, I remember it pretty vividly. I'll never forget that run, and it pisses me off still to this day that he didn't sign back with the Mets, and that that wasn't really his fault. I think him and Sandy Alderson didn't like one another; they didn't agree on something. I don't know if I'm correct. I don't know, but I mean, I don't know if it was on agreeing on anything. All I, I think what I remember is they didn't like each other, but it'll it still bothers me that he didn't come back to the Mets after the run he had, you know, because you know he he basically single handedly got them to the World Series. So how do you not, you know, how do you not sign him back? Because then look what happens. He goes to their rival. And maybe I think he was there on like a two-year, $24 million deal. And he had he was batting like 330. You know, had an insane like home run RBI ratio. So, you know, but I'm glad to see that he's back. And uh, hopefully he makes it up to the major soon. Because I know he retired, but then now he just found a way back. So it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, yes. man, I mean, that kind of stuff happens. I remember the tw- in 2021, the 2020 Olympics were going on, and Scott Casimir got back in the league. David Robertson got back in the league. So, I, I mean, it happens. And uh, I'm glad to see he's working his way back. He's in a minor league system. I don't know if that's kind of a he's good enough to play ball, but not good enough to be on the major. So maybe just like a mentor to younger guys coming up. Who knows? But uh, I'm certainly glad to see his name floating around out there. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And uh, sure. a former Met that takes his spot is um, Ruben Tejada. Former, a classic Met name. He was on the Mets forever. Yeah. Um, so now, um, all right. Joe Adele, homers in his first game of 2023. Tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, this guy was like a very. Uh... Highly looked at prospect for the longest time I can remember. Um, yeah, so he got the call up. I forget who was injured for the Angels, but hit a nuke his first uh, game back in the major leagues. His first at uh, not his first at bat, but his first game of the year. I mean, I think since I put that in, he's went back to AAA. I'm pretty sure. So I really, I, I really don't think a lot is built off of that. But, I mean, you know, he was a highly touted prospect at one point. So, could have been a cool name to keep an eye on. But I think he's back in AAA, like I said. Got to double-check that. But 
Dude, you're saying that he was a highly touted prospect. That's underselling how hyped people were when he first came into the league. Yep. Like, he was supposed to be like the, oh, now we got Trout. Now we got Adele. Now we got Otani. It's like, this is the, fu- the future is now, old man. Go yep. Angels. And it's never – it never panned out. That's just what happens. Still just 24 years old. He is back in the Myers. Just want to confirm that. I mean, (laughs) this is the smallest sample size as it gets. But in one game in 2023, he's got the home run. Bad in 333. I mean, oh, man. I know it's one game. Really not much to talk about. But, yeah, him at the major league level, though, besides that one game as – not what Angel fans have hoped for. I loved the kid when he was in the minors, you know, like when he was for, when, his, when his name was first circle, circulating around the league. Just hasn't really panned out yet, but I mean, it's still young, but time is ticking now. You know, that's what happens. That's just the business, you know? That's the business, though. Yeah, that's the business. So that's funny what Dennis said, um, you know. <laughs> Would you say, Dennis, the time is just now, old man? <laughs> the future is now, old man. Not sure if there's any Malcolm in the Middle fans here. Yeah. Um, good show. That was a good show, though. That was good a good show. show. Great. Uh, Brian Cranston, future uh, Walter White. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, I know we talk about this guy a lot. Now, this guy doesn't live rent-free in our heads. He doesn't. Especially not in my, not in my head. But he has been <laughs> Dennis gives to look like. Like, what? I don't know where this is going. <laughs> I know exactly where this is going. Well, Marcus Stroman, he says that the Cubs don't want to talk in terms of engaging in a contract extension. Now, that could go a lot of ways. That could go where, hey, we're not really ready to talk contract extent, you know, negotiations, you know, yet, or we don't, you know, hey, we don't want you back. Um, I don't know, but like I said, that could go a lot of ways. But that's just what he has said based on. He said that him and his agent have tried to reach out to the Cubs. Cubs have kind of put it to the to the hold. But yeah, Dennis, I feel like you got a lot to say right now. Just so your action. They're thirty and thirty-seven. I'll tell you exactly what that says. As their fourth place in their division, behind two teams that are actively trying to tank. But that says is don't buy a house here because you're going to get traded in two months. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I, I think I think it's as simple that's as exactly that. Exactly what it is. Like Marcus, yeah, that could be another having, thing. Marcus Stroman's yeah. having a great year. The rest of their team isn't. They're in a re. They're going to have to rebuild in a very winnable division. They have a centerpiece, two centerpieces, in Ian Happ and Dansby Swanson. They just let, um, dude, I see his face. Contreras <laughs> walk last year. There's no way they're going to do that again. I, I can't comprehend the level of stupidity for them to do that two years in a row. It's big. Hey, we have this hot commodity. You know, it's good, a good idea. Just not get anything for it. Yep. <laughs> if Cody Ballinger and Marcus Stroman around the Cubs in September, I would be shocked. Yeah. Now, perfectly said, Dennis. I agree. hundred percent. Yeah, Perfectly said. It, it, it's the record. <laughs> you look at the record, you know, how this team is doing. And not doing good. And, you know, like, yeah, I mean, no shot they're going to extend Strowman. He's a 32-year-old pitcher. This might be his peak. I mean, the numbers 
pretty much tell it all. I mean, like the guy's usually a solid 350 ERA guy. I mean, he leads the NL with a 242. He's leading whip ERA plus. I mean, you're going to get maybe a ransom for you. You will get a ransom from this season from a contender. I mean, his, his price tag will never be this high again. If you're the Cubs, you're selling if you're not even close to contention. And the craziest, too. I'm sorry. The craziest thing is they have two guys on their team like that because Drew Smiley is playing out of his freaking mind just every single game at 327 ERA with a 1.158 whip, 61 strikeouts, and 71.2 innings. Not sure what the contract situation is. and pulling it up right now for Drew Smiley, but they have a few guys on their team like it like that right now that they should just probably sell on just sell. I just, I don't see the value in it, especially their team is their division is winnable. Their division is winnable, man. Yeah. So, all right. So he's smiley's actually signed through this year. There's a buyout option uh, at the end of this season. Then there's a player option in 2024 and a mutual option in 2025 for Drew Smiley. So, all right, he's probably – he's definitely not going to opt out of that. He'll be 36 years old with a player option. So, we'll see with Drew Smiley, but I don't think they're good enough to win. I'm not sure what their farm system is looking like, to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. But that division is so winnable. And I know it's like every single week I come on here and just bash the central regions – Look, I have nothing against people that live in the Midwest. I really don't. Hard <laughs> to believe. Passionate fan bases in all sports. But, but I, like that division is so bad. Like I don't think people realize like the Pirates are, were not supposed to be good this year. Not at all. Their best really? player going into this season, O'Neal Cruz, got hurt after what? Game 20? Yeah. If that all right, so maybe you want to say Brian Reynolds is better. Okay, sure. I don't think anybody was expecting the fountain of youth to be found in Pittsburgh for Andrew McCutcheon. Nope. Hard to believe. But, like, yeah, he's just, and is, speaking of, their whole team has stepped up and it's a winnable division. So maybe they'll try to buy, but you're going to, you're going to buy and then you're going to go up against the Braves or the Dodgers or the Diamondbacks, which sounds crazy when I say it out loud, or the Marlins, which sounds even crazier when I say it out loud. Like, do you think that you have a chance in the in the actual playoffs? Do you think you have a chance to catch the Brewers? They're not getting a wild card spot. So their best option is to mm. sell on some of these guys. And yeah. It's probably going to be the first domino to fall. Is so many teams need him back. Yeah. Hey, buddy, you're a Mets fan. Yep. What do you think about Strowman, huh? Hometown um, kid? I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that one, boys. Um, <laughs> you know. I had to play the fifth on that one. Um, and, like like Devontae Parker on the Patriots said about the possibility of D-Hop coming to the Patriots. He said, uh, this is what he said today. I know it's not baseball, but this is what he said. You know, Focused on us. Next question. You know, that's kind of <laughs> what I got to say. Next topic. But, uh, but you know, what are you going to say, Nick? Yeah, I mean, look, even the Cubs sell. You know, like, like I said, Strowman's price tag, this is the highest it will ever be. Cubs got to capitalize on it. Let's say they do sell. You know, they sell Strowman, they sell Bellinger, they sell Smiley. The Cubs, I mean, look, you know, this year is definitely not their year, but you still got Nico Horner, Ian Happ, 
Swanson, Suzuki. Has he? I'm sorry. Steele. Justin Steele. I know he's hurt right now, but he was having a bonkers year to begin the year. That's a nice core, man. You add more on to that, whether it's draft picks, prospects, whatever. Could be a nice thing for the Cubs. And I, I, I got to agree, Dennis. They, they best, best choice right now is to sell. Strom was a 32-year-old pitcher who was having a career year. Get your value now. How's Seiya been doing? I didn't pull up the stats on him. I know he struggled um, for a while. He was he was looking pretty bad. He's actually bad in 277. Okay, bad so he's average. picked it up. 368 OBP. Up. Yeah, he's definitely picked it up. 121 OPS plus. Definitely um solid contributor, you know. Uh, what's his contract? They got him for a few more years, right? Yeah, I think it was decently long, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. He signed until 2026. He's going to be making – he's making 18 this year, 21 next year, 19, 25, and 19 in 2026. Yeah, so I mean, he'll be look, 31 you know, years old. Cubs got a little nice core going. Mm-hmm. Add on to that, you know, whether it's through prospects or whatever. Young guys. Excuse me. His he's actually arbitration eligible in 2027. His earliest free agency for Seiya is 2028. I misread that. I'm sorry. He's a stud. I mean, you got him for a few years. Nico Swanson. You know, I, yeah. I would try to get whatever you can for Strowman right now. Yeah, I um. So I, like I said, when they said they don't want to engage in talks, you know, another thing I want to add is like Dennis said, and I want to add what Dennis said. Yeah, like hey, like. Probably gonna get traded in a couple months, so uh, you know, try not to buy a, try not to put down a mortgage in the Chicago area if you could, you know. So my my home my homerism is peaking right now, Dennis. I want to hear your opinion on this as well. Cody Bellinger, Yankees, makes sense. Yeah, or nay? You like it? Dislike it? It's so tough because it's he's he was playing so well before he got hurt. I don't even know if he's back yet. I think he's still out. I, I thought so too. I haven't seen anything. Man, look, I, I just can't pretend that the last three seasons didn't exist. It, Dude, uh, he, was, he was borderline unplayable for three straight years. 20, I, 21, 22. I hear you. Like, I'm a it's huge Bellinger. I'm a huge Bellinger fan. Like, I I love this guy. And like you said, those those three seasons were rough, dude. Especially owning him in a dynasty league, I was like, "Geez, man, I, 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 you're, you're stashed on the bench, man." That's it. But you know, he was playing great. You know, I don't know if it was just the change of scenery or what, but you know, with this injury coming back, what version are we getting? That's the huge question mark right there. So, personally, yeah. I, I depend on the price, depending on what the price is. I might, I might go in and do it, but I don't know. If we're, if we're, so, if we're getting 2021 Ballinger, woof, woof. Yeah, so <laughs> um, he's 27 years old. He's only played 37 games thus far. He has 39 hits. Seven of those are home runs, 20 RBIs, nine stolen <laughs> bases, which is kind of ridiculous in a 37-game span. He has underrated speed. 271 batting average and an OPS plus of 123. And truth be told, I apologize, Cody Bellinger. He only had two really bad seasons. He had 44 OPS plus in 21 and an 80 OPS plus last year. So maybe the Cubs did stumble on something. I I just – I don't know. 
I, I don't mm. know. It's such a high ceiling, low floor. Do you pull the trigger? I guess it depends on the asking price. If yeah. I if I could say like cash considerations and Jake Bowers and some prospects for Cody Ballinger, I'd probably smash. Then I would up. do it. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why I hate that major league baseball they don't trade amateur draft picks because this would have been a perfect trade for that. Exactly. But hmm. you can't you play I don't know. Player. I don't know the rule five drafting trade picks. You do some way to do it, but it, it's weird. So I don't know. Maybe they could come to an agreement on that. The Yankees and the Cubs do have a pretty good working relationship. They make a lot of trades. That's why I was also thinking, you know, yeah, the Chapman deal a couple of years back, Rizzo, obviously. So, I mean, I don't yeah. think it's definitely out of the cards, but yeah. I mean. All right, all right, all right. Um, I wanted the Yankees to get Hap. He was another guy I wanted the Yankees to get to. Yeah. Good bat right there. All right. Um, I know we should have talked about this with the Yankees. I don't know if it's appropriate to talk. We're not. I mean, uh, we're not. Do you guys see that John Sterling got uh, hit by the foul wall? Yeah, that was just. Ow. Is he? Ow. Yeah, is, is he okay? He's he's okay though, right? Like he. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was all right. He was he's all right. Fine. Oh, okay, I could. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, right I found this clip uh, from TikTok or I think it was YouTube. Someone sent me where Elvis Duran of Z100. He um, he made a mixtape of a song from the '90s. Um, I'll play. I'm, I'm just gonna play it right now. I want to see. I want to see what you guys think. Since all right, so now I get to go ahead. It's appropriate to talk about it and, and play. Oh, for sure. Nothing bad though. But yeah, I just you know because um, yeah, uh, yeah, just luckily, just John Sterling is a. He's a funny character. Man, let me play the video. Here's John Sterling. Ow! Okay. And here's uh, Black Box. Ow! Okay, let's see what happens. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Ow! <laughs> Ow! <laughs> That's awesome! <laughs> That's that's just um that's just basically I mean yeah what you guys think of that I don't know, I thought when I I thought it was good creative you know creativity by Elvis Duran and the people at Z100. I've heard a lot less mixtapes over the years. Um, just a shout out to John Sterling who's going to be turning 85 years old this year. Really? Yeah. Not gonna lie, dude doesn't look a day over like 70. Yeah, yeah he looked good. He looked when he's I saw a, the video. Good 84 years old, man. Wow. wow. He took it How like a champ. He did yeah, take it like he, a champ, dude, yeah. He, he, he hit it. He got hit and just dusted it off, man. Yep. Yeah, and, and he still performed, you know, still you hear him saying, you know, his famous go-ahead Yankee, you know, saying, you know, at the end of each win. Yep. You know? So, yeah, when I watched the video of that, of the foul ball, he, he looked, and they were showing him, I'm like, it's not that bad. Like, people make him out like he's, like, freaking, like, 100. He, he looks fi- like he looked fine. And, like, he, you know, still sounds good on the air. Yeah. People criticize him for mis like saying the wrong guy's name or something like that, or having thinking something's a home run if it's not. But um, he doesn't use the the projector; he calls it watching the game. If that makes sense, so he doesn't watch it on TV; he watches it from the press right. box, yeah, as if you were a fan at the game. So sometimes 
he, he kind of gets burnt on that. But I think a lot of the, the John Sterling hate is just ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, I really I do. It's like, I agree. He's a, like you say, he's about an 85 year old man. He's calling the game with his own two eyes. That's yeah, impressive. that's like traditional. That's like traditional baseball at its finest, honestly. Yeah, not only that, he didn't miss a game from 1989 until 2019. Really? Maybe that has something to do with beast. it. Like he's a beast, man. You know, like the dude's just a beast, right? Did I? Yeah, 1989 from the beginning of 1989 until July 2019, he didn't miss a single game. He's, awesome. he's been calling. He's been calling the games ever since. And here's the thing, like to all the yeah. radio listeners who listen. Uh, to it. No, he's he. Nowadays, with his age, he takes time off. I think yeah. he missed thirty games this year. Yeah, but like family and like vacation and such. No, no matter how you play it out, you know, the Yankee fans who <laughs> criticize him, who are radio listeners, you know, when the day comes, they're gonna miss this guy. I don't care yeah. what you do, you're gonna like. Yeah, you got to cherish the guy. You know, no one's perfect. I mean, come on. He's an 85-year-old radio broadcaster. Get the guy a break. But uh, I love his voice. Uh, while I'm driving at work and listening to the game, uh, I don't think there's anyone else I would ever want to hear and cold again. Not only that, as somebody that used to do commentary for college games, it's it's yeah. tough. Sometimes you think somebody's tying their shoe and they actually have to leave a game with an injury. Right, Brandon? Uh, you – <laughs> words, words I can't say right now. Uh, I don't know it. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, you know, the time when, yeah, I thought someone, yeah, I'll never forget that. Nicola, we were doing the, the whiteout game, both boys and girls, um, men's and women's basketball teams for the college. And, um, a tear too. yeah, and I remember, um, you know, I was I was a play by play. I remember Nick Bomb was sideline reporting, and then we were doing the color. Well, that was a good that was a good um, crew though. I didn't like doing play by color because I not that I'm not you know I'm not that well smart with basketball like I am with football or baseball. So it was better I was doing play by play. The only thing that was annoying was then you couldn't really see anything. There was nothing you know it was hard. So there was a player that got that got hurt. I thought she was tying her shoe. And I remember the bench, and Dennis could tell you, the girls, the the woman's team from in front of me, turned around and gave me that look like, like, yo, are you good? Like, if looks could kill, Brandon would not be on this broadcast. Oh my God. (laughs) That's kind of what they, that's kind of the look they gave me. Yeah, it was, well, hey, I would have been. I would have been pushing up daisies with you. I criticized the coach at one point. The whole team looked at me too. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was annoying. Like we're, we're yeah. right there. Like, do we need to be announcing when we're right there? Like, I don't know. It was uncomfortable. You had three or four chicks that were just shooting like lights out from three before the game, and he just didn't put them in, and they're down by double digits. And I was like, "Hey, this is like coaching malpractice. This sucks." Didn't say it that way, but I right. had a little more elegance to it. I was like, "Oh, you know, they had a lot of shooters lighting it up pre-game. Don't know if we'll see so and so come in." And they just everybody just looked around like. <laughs> I mean, they didn't give you the look that could kill, though. They gave me that. They gave me that. Excuse me. But um, but yeah, no. So to get off the John Sterling topic, uh, yeah, I mean, credits to the guy. He's literally, you know, eight, about to be eighty-five or is eighty-five and uh, calling Yankee games, doing with his own set of eyes, the traditional way. Like you know, he's watching Mickey Mantle, you know, um, 
you know, so I give him credit, you know, and he did take that foul ball like a champ, you know, just, uh, <laughs> the ow, it's like, you know, that reaction, you know, I mean, what are the odds of a foul ball hitting you in the announcing booth anyways, you know? So, uh, I give him, cre- I give John Sterling credit. I hope he keeps going on and still, you know, hope keeps uh, doing it until he wants to retire. Um, I feel like I know fans would go nuts if it was Bob Shepard too, right? Rest in peace. No. Yeah. Mm. All right. Yeah. Or anybody like it. Whatever. You know what it is? He's such a good sport about it that, like, people can have fun with it a little bit. Exactly. Like, the next day, he made a little video. He just had a Band-Aid on, and he was made a video. He's like, oh, I'm fine. Thank you for all the well wishes. Yep. He's, like, the, he's <laughs> right. like, you know, this has kind of been a blessing because a bunch of people have reached out, and I was able to talk to some friends I haven't talked to in a while. I was like, wow, what a class act. This guy's yeah. awesome. Yeah, no, he's, he's sick. Yeah, good for him. Good for him. Um, all right, now uh, Salvador Perez, he apparently is not on the trade market according to Royals GM. What is up with that? So me and a few of my buddies are talking about this, and I know last week we were discussing possible trade destinations for Perez, you know, offensively and defensively. Great catcher. No, he's got that World Series uh, ring to his name. He's got the experience. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's just kind of like a – franchise thing you know like he just got named he was just named the captain um you know he's been there since what god 2011 2012 if memory serves me correct like you know maybe the royals just wanted to be one of those guys that dons the kansas city blue his whole career mm-hmm. you know i mean look rightfully so i mean he's he's your franchise guy I get it but you know it's kind of like what we're talking about with stroman you know, it's like you guys are, especially the Royals. The Royals are almost Oakland. League. Yeah, it's like you really would like, and I think he does want to stay with Kansas City as well. But it's like trade this dude for prospects, you know, whatever, and then just resign him after, just finesse somebody for <laughs> unless they want to ring, obviously. But like, I think Perez said that he was like, yeah, I either want to stay in Kansas City, or if I had to get traded. World Series contenders, like it's like Tampa Bay Rays or something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, in a perfect world, if I was the Royals GM, I'd be like, hey, look, we'll ship you to wherever, Arizona, Tampa Bay, get get a boatload of prospects, whatever. Just resign the guy next year, have him retire Royal. I mean, just not just holding on to him. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy to me. Especially a guy like that whose number is probably going to get retired by your franchise, probably going to get a statue outside of the stadium, the whole nine. Just kind of tell him, like, hey, this is probably one of your last chances to win a ring. Do you want to go? We'll trade you to wherever you want. We'll get a yeah. deal done. We'll get something back. Then the in the offseason, we'll sign you back. Collude. Everybody does it. Exactly. I'm not gonna know the guy on the other front. Come on, if we can figure it out, the other team can figure it out. They know exactly what would be going on. Exactly. And you're not going to be getting a top five prospect from that organization, obviously, but you'll be getting something. Exactly. Yeah. Get something. You know, you're you already lost the season. You already lost the season. Get something in return for you know these vets. You know, Perez mainly. I'd say. I'm sorry. Continue. No, you go. You can go. You can go. I'd say alarmingly, a lot of the young guys have been bad this year. MJ Melendez strikes out every at bat. 
and Brady Singer has been unplayable. Yeah, which Brady really Singer. started in the the WBC. Uh, I don't know what's been going on. I mean, the control—that's something that he always excelled with. It's just not been there, mm. and he's just been bad. Sound bad. Speaking of just big blows to the young Royals guys, uh, Vinny Pasquantino out for the year. Just announced today he's out for the season. That's he had a great year last year. You know he's a cornerstone. Uh, he's playing well, Blair. Yeah, he's playing pretty solid. He's out for the year now, so it's like, you know, I love Bobby Witt to death. I mean, the stolen base numbers and the home runs are there, but you know, OBP of two seventy six, and uh, he's below the league average of OPS plus. I mean, strikeouts. Why, yeah, strikeouts. Why wouldn't you try to trade Perez, man? Just get soft, you know. It's a lost season. You got you got a nice young core, you know. Hopefully they, they develop more. Just grab son, you know. Get get a positive out of son. You know, hold on to Perez. I guess that alone is a positive for Royals fans or whatever, but you're going to get him back. I, I That's the vibes I get from their relationship. But nuts. All right, all right. Um, so the A's now, they, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the reverse reverse uh, boycott now. And uh, now Vegas, the Vegas le- legislation now just passed the public funding. For you know, I believe the new stadium. If I'm correct, yeah. um, what do you guys think of their uh, that boycott? They had, they had uh, over twenty thousand fans, I believe. That's a you know, I awesome. loved it. Awesome, I, I loved it. I, I remember seeing first seeing it in March. People were talking about it online, and I'm glad it materialized because just like it's not just the A's. It's a bigger it's a bigger epidemic in bas- in uh, baseball and in other sports as well. Just like Hey, a lot of these guys that own teams shouldn't own teams. They're just objectively bad at it. The A's have had bad ownership our entire lives. They've sucked. You look at a lot of the players that they've let go, and they, you know, they, oh, oh, we always trade before they're free agents and whatnot. You look at what they get back, it's like hardly any of it ever materializes into something. And not only that, but like, a lot of the guys they give up don't just fall off a cliff. Nope. Barry Zito, everybody says, well, it happened with Barry Zito. It's like, yeah, and who else? Nobody. The, the not list. With, not, with, not with Chapman, not with Olsen, not with Semyon, not with Donaldson. Nobody. Yeah, because I, I saw a picture of this guy's athletics jersey, but it had like duct tape across of it. It written Sharpie was all the names, the names you just said. Well, this goes way back. Giambi was one. I mean, like, he had some stellar years with the Yankees. Like, it's like you said, our whole lives, man. Like, you know, I was born in 98. I think you guys were born in, like, what, 2000? So, like, yeah, I mean, that's bad. It's just – it's ownership. These guys should not be owning teams. They're incompetent. They just just don't care. It's not the fans. It's not the location. It's the owners, man. It starts from the top. And I can't believe that the Vegas – like they're just falling for this. Like you, I was looking at the numbers. All of their like projected numbers are: if we sell out every single game, we're going to make X amount of money for you. And it's just like, dude, you guys have the most passionate fan base, or one of the most passionate fan bases in sports. You can't even get three thousand people there a game because you're cheap. 
Yep. They're cheap in the 60s, cheap in the 70s, cheap in the 80s, cheap in the 90s, cheap in the 2000s, cheap in the 2010s, now cheap in the 2020s. That's insane. That's insane. And at some point, like, look, it's not going to happen. It's wishful thinking because I view them as the way they should as one of the most historic franchises in the sport. Third or fourth most World Series rings. And it's not going to happen. But if I was if I was George Steinbrenner, or not George Steinbrenner, um, Hal Steinbrenner or Steve Cohen or some of these richer owners, I'm not voting that through. At some point, it's like, hey, how come I'm paying for your payroll when you provide nothing of value to our sport? Because of the luxury tax stuff. You provide zero value. You're not making the playoffs. You're not selling merchandise. Nobody knows who your players are. So when you come to town, we don't we, we don't sell your games. Like they're on a win streak right now, and nobody's taking them seriously because everybody knows it's not gonna last. Yep. It's just it's ridiculous. It's just it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in sports. How this guy's just John Fisher is just conning city after city. They're on a seven-game winning streak right now. And what is everybody talking about? Because it's not just us. It's this behind-the-scenes politicking. It's ridiculous. He shouldn't have owned the team in the first place. The only reason why he owns is because he was frat brothers with – I forget if it was Bud Selig or um, Manfred. But he was frat brothers with one of them, and that's how he got the team. And funny enough, um, Joe Lacob, who owns the Warriors, yeah, he's done such a bad job with them, wanted to buy them, and that's who they gave the team to was John Fisher. Reggie Jackson wanted to buy the team. He had an ownership group. They didn't give it to him. Just like so many, just they just colossally screwed up. And now you're looking around the league, and it's like, this can't keep happening. Yeah, like you have teams that are actively not trying to win. Like Ellie De La Cruz sh- showing up for the Reds—that's insane. Yeah, their freaking general manager, who's the son of the owner, outright said when he was like being criticized, "What makes you think I can't move this team?" He said that. Like I- I'm sorry, but this is what happens when you have a moron as your commissioner. Yeah, stupid. It's stupid. Yeah, Rob Manfred. That's a, that's it's a topic so, we should get into. It's uh... so stupid. Like, <laughs> I mean, the Rays stepping so. out, I get, because even when they're good, they have a hard time selling games. That I get. They're cheap as well. You're in Tampa Bay in freaking Florida when half the almost half the league is either Latino or from the southeast of the United States. You should be getting free agents like a fat kid gets candy on Halloween, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a general manager, so who am I? But it's just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, people criticize Hal Steinbrenner for some decisions the Yankees make. Dude, his worst decision is better than some of these guys' best decisions. Exactly. It's insane. It's not just the A's. It's not just baseball. It happens in the NFL. Happens in the NBA. Happens in the NHL. Probably happens in the MLS. Shout out my boy Messi going to Miami. (laughs) You know, it happens in all these sports leagues. It's just... Dude, and I hate the public funding stuff. These guys are all billionaires. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should go to a city council and say, hey, why don't you guys just give me money? For what? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. 
It's crazy. Whatever. It's absolutely nuts. Whatever. Mm. Vegas Athletics what? just doesn't sound good either. It doesn't. Big, big brand. Horrible. It's horrible. And, if, they, and I, if they were to change the name, forget it. Because they've been the Athletics for almost 100 years. Yeah. Back to when they are the Philadelphia Athletics. Yeah, you know, way back. back. Before, even before that, the Boston Athletics. Right? The Connie Mack days, man. Like, Come yeah. on. So... Such, such a historic franchise, you know. It's like helps nobody. It helps nobody. It's horrible. Dodgers okay. got something going right now. Bottom of the six bases loaded, one out. Uh, all right. Well, um, what can you guys tell me about this Rangers top pitching prospect, Owen White? He's the second ranked prospect in the Texas organization. Before getting called up, he posted a three point four six ERA, ten point nine Caden. K to nine across 196, 97.1 innings in the minors compared to his 234 Ks and 70 walks. Yeah, I mean, the kid's a highly talented prospect with uh, Texas. Uh, the kid's got gas. I mean, last year he had 104 strikeouts, 80, 80 innings pitched. Um, I believe he got roughed up though his first uh major league start, which is all right. Now he's young, he's gonna get there. Yeah, he had two innings pitched, gave up a home run, three earned runs. Yeah, still a small sample size. I mean, kids got gas, man. I mean, pretty pretty low walk rates too in the minors. Could be something special going on there. Um, you know, especially with the loss of the Grom. I mean. Could this kid be the void that uh, fills that the spot? We don't know. I mean, Texas got a good thing going. Um, hopefully, kid provides for them. That's all I got to say about him. Yeah, I mean, they have a really good pitching staff, and Maddox does a great job down there with as a uh, pitching coach. He's one of the best pitching coaches in the league, has been for a while. Big part of that Cardinals culture that is seemingly crumbled without him. And, um, you know, if, if there's a place to succeed, um, that's it. Yeah. And they have a really – they're having a good season right now. Mike Maddox is their pitching coach. By the way, I don't want people to think it's Greg. Um, <laughs> if there's a place that you could succeed, that's it. And yeah. John Gray was scratched with a blister. There's no Jacob DeGrom, obviously. We've covered that at nauseam last episode. So, they're going to need guys to step up. I don't yep. know how far along Jack Leiter is. He's another one of their top prospects. We'll see what happens, but uh, we'll see what happens with this dude, man. We'll see what happens with him. Mm. I, I like this. I, I like, you know, for a while before this recent CBA, there's a lot of service time manipulation and whatnot. And I'm glad to seeing like guys in their early 20s getting called up again. I like it. It's good for the sport. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, I don't know if you guys are watching ESPN still. Uh, the White Sox manager just got ejected. Oh, boy. Pedro Grafal. Yeah. So things are kind of getting out of hand, getting away from them a little bit in L.A. Yep. Mm, all right. Um, I think that's really it for the show tonight. I don't know if you guys anything want to talk about anything else. or I just got to give a quick shout-out to my guy, JT Riamuto. First yeah. catcher to hit for the cycle since 2011 when George – Excuse me, George Kataris did it. 
for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2011. At age 28, he played 49 games, had one triple, and it happened in the game he hit for the cycle. So, so good for him. He, he hit the cycle tonight? JT Muto? Yeah. No, he did it two nights ago. Oh, two nights ago? Two nights ago. Because wasn't it last year he had a few games he was close to it? I remember he made the playoffs yeah. he was close to it. Yeah, so, wow. So that's, all, that's awesome. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Did it against the Diamondbacks. They lost the game. It was a shootout. Uh, I think it was like 10-9 was the final. Gotcha. Something like that. As they're going the distance again, bottom of the 8-3-3. Jesus. But, um, yeah, it was – it was nine eight. It was nine eight. Yeah, they won last night too. The Phillies fifteen to three. So they've been dangerous, man. They've been dangerous. Heating up. So that's all I have. That's all I wanted to get to. Just a little show respect for the team I ride for. There you go. All right. I just want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in to Bat and Chat in our fifth episode. Definitely another great episode. It's definitely a great episode. Some great baseball talk, and of course, it was the Subway Series, so we had to get into that. Um, you know, definitely shout out to all the Mets fans out there on the Mets. Shout out to my folks. Obviously, shout out to my sister for getting me this mic. Oh. Yeah, what's up? She's in the nursing field, so thank you to all the healthcare workers and uh, thank you, God. Just gotta shout him out. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's all I gotta say. Nicholas, you gotta say anything before you head out? Shout outs to Oswaldo Cabrera, man. <laughs> Guy uh, tossed me a ball, liked my Instagram story. Shout out to everybody listening. Friends, family, mm. fans. This is why we do it. Yeah. Mm, that's right. Shout out to everybody. Go Yankees. Much love and respect for everybody. Congratulations, Nuggets. Congratulations, Golden Knights. Congratulations, yes. Congratulations Joe Kelly lets it get away. And Dodgers lead 4-2. Kershaw on the, the hook for the win. Have him in both of my fantasy leagues. That's what we there like. There you go. That's what we like. Yeah. Shout out, everybody. Shout out, Joe Kelly. Well, yeah. Thanks for being and uh, of course, Nikola Jokic, who, uh, yeah, yeah, good for him, yeah, good for him. Um, and yeah, and that's really it. Thank you guys for tuning in to Bad New Chat in episode five from the Eastern Observer. We are out for the night. We'll see you next week. Good night, everybody.